Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Outnumber the Podcast. Today is another guest episode that we are so excited to share with you. We are interviewing Autumn Nelson, a friend of Bonnie's, who is so inspiring and has one of the most amazing stories we have ever heard of how she came to be the mother of 20 children. She is inspiring, funny, heartwarming, and everything about this interview will just warm you and maybe even bring you to tears. So we're so excited to introduce you to Autumn. Hello and welcome to Outnumber the Podcast. I'm Bonnie. And I'm Audrey. And we're homeschooling moms to a combined total of 18 children. We know firsthand that motherhood is full of crazy chaos and overwhelming obligations, but it should also be full of love and laughter. Regardless of where you are on your journey, come join us as we work together to find joy in the chaos of motherhood. Welcome back, everybody. We are so excited to be here. We have a wonderful guest today. It's one of my good friends, Bonnie's uh, good friend, Autumn. And soon you're going to hear why we chose her to be our guest today. And I think you're going to really love her story and hearing all about her wonderful life. So Autumn, uh, let's get started with you. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. (laughs) So are we. Yeah. So we wanted to start off, um, as we often do, with a funny mom moment. And we like to ask our guests to share one of these. So if you have a funny mom moment for us, go ahead and share it. (laughs) Okay. I have to preface this with the fact that right now I'm wearing a shirt that says chaos coordinator, (laughs) which so describes my life. (laughs) Perfect. So so one day I'm sitting there on the couch I'm talking with my sister. She was over visiting and we're just chatting away and having a fun time. And all of a sudden I said, oh, just a minute. I have to give my kids some direction. So I reach over and I grabbed my hot pink megaphone and I'm like, everybody up to the table. You've got 10 seconds. And I start counting and she starts busting up laughing, like just rolling on the floor. And I'm going, what? (laughs) She's like, Adam. You have a megaphone? And I'm like, oh, it never occurred to me that this was not normal to other people. And I'm looking at her like, well, it's better than a cattle prod. <laughs> and maybe you might have to resort to that at some point. Too. A mega- Where did you even find a hot pink megaphone? Because now I must have one. I know, right? It really works. Amazon. I love Amazon. Addicted. Oh my goodness. Either a megaphone or like the whole PA system. My aunt and uncle had nine kids growing up and they had a, a PA system, you know, like they had back in the eighties. So yes, awesome. I have one. It doesn't work. And I keep looking, oh, trying to find something that works, but the megaphone was the best and cheapest I could figure out. <laughs> Bonnie, wait till we're done recording this episode to order yours. Okay. Okay. I will. <laughs> We'll we'll put that link in the we'll put that link in the show notes for anyone who's interested. <laughs> so, so Autumn, now you need to help our audience out and tell our audience a little bit about yourself. Why do you need a megaphone? Well, I have twenty children. <laughs> Should I slow clap now or later? <laughs> the sound um, you hear is my jaw hitting the floor. <laughs> and I'm only thirty four years old. Yeah, you win. You win. (laughs) I win or I lose. I don't know. (laughs) You win a competition you didn't know you wanted to win. (laughs) Right? Well, so I'll just explain my story. Um, 
I had five kids, ages five and under, and went through an unexpected and unwanted divorce. And then, and my husband at the time, he had 10 children with his wife. She passed away from cancer three weeks after her last child was born. So he had 10 children and I had five and we met and fell in love and got married. So we had 15 together. And since then, our our five-year anniversary is coming up this month and we have had five together. So... (laughs) Oh my goodness. I didn't realize you guys had only been married for five years. That is crazy. You guys have wasted no time. Good for you. (laughs) There was a set of twins in there. So that's true. That was my question. Are there any multiples? Well, when we got married, we had two kids. I had a girl and he had a girl who were two weeks apart. And And they were, oh, I think three at the time. And we had each had a boy who were two months apart and they were two at the time. And then, and then we had an older boy and a girl who are only four months apart. So you had like three sets of virtual twins. <laughs> and then I never thought that I would ever give birth to twins, but I did this last year. It was a total surprise and just crazy. But yeah, so we have three virtual twins and one set of biological twins. <laughs> you know, I have to say, I know we're all believers, Christian women here. But sometimes I wonder what's going through God's head when he sends down a set of twins to a woman who already has 18 children. I'm just like, okay, Lord knows best, I guess, but I I am not seeing this. Oh, but you know what? I always wanted this crazy. I was so excited when I found out. Like, now I know better. Just kidding. But, <laughs> That's but, so awesome. Know, I was excited. Wow. What a blessing. So tell us the age um, span between the oldest and the youngest twins. So the twins are three months old and our oldest is 26. Wow. Wow. So not even you got you and the oldest are not even 10 years apart. Oh, yeah. So also I'm a grandma. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. And him and his wife, their birthdays are two days apart and they have had they have two kids. (laughs) <laughs> wow. So are they the only ones that that are married, just the oldest one? Yeah. Yeah. So we get plenty of raised eyebrows when we go out with all nine of our kids, each Bonnie and I, our families. What's the most common or most annoying reaction that you get regarding your family size when you go out? <laughs> you know, when my husband and I were first married, he loved telling our story everywhere we went, like every grocery store clerk or whoever he told everyone. And I was sitting there like, oh, my goodness, like, don't tell anybody <laughs> because I kind of <laughs> feeling like I had to be super mom if I was going to have 15 kids, you know. And so I was just I was kind of embarrassed at first, honestly. But throughout the years, I've just learned to embrace it and love it. He just has so much joy in our family. And so now I'm just like, I love it. And honestly, most people are really kind and so excited for us. And in fact, one time I was, um, I was in the parking lot and I had, I was trying to get my baby into the car and I was blocking this older gentleman from getting in his vehicle. And I was like, I'm so sorry. And I was trying to hurry and buckle the baby. And, and he goes, Oh no, 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 don't worry. Don't hurry. You're just fine. It's women like you who make men like me grandpas. So you're just fine. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, that's so sweet. And I'm glad you shared a sweet story. Cause I feel like sometimes we're, we grumble about the 
mean <laughs> stories we get where somebody like gives us a side eye or says something rude or whatever, but there really are so many good people that appreciate families and children and, and think that mothers are blessings, which we all are. So good for him. <laughs> okay. So my next question wants to, I want to ask a little bit, take us back a little bit to before you guys were married. Uh, I want to hear a little bit about courting your husband um, and, and wanted to ask if you had any reservations about combining families or or any concerns before that happened? You know, I didn't. It was one of those things where God let me know from the time I was a teenager what my mission in life was going to be. I've always known that I was going to have this mega big family. In fact, when the Duggars got popular, I remember going, oh, yeah, it's going to be like that. Like I just knew. But I certainly didn't think it was going to happen the way it happened. I thought that my, you know, my first husband and I, um, at one point we were signed up to be foster parents and I thought that we were going to adopt or something. I I just didn't know how it was going to happen, but I knew it was going to. So I wasn't, it didn't phase me at all. In fact, um, when I, I, I learned about him from a friend, she told me, Hey, there's this widower in my ward with 10 kids. And I thought, huh, people with large families kind of see things differently. And I grew up in a family of 10 and I had, the guys that I was dating were, after going through my divorce, the guys that I had dated in their 30s that had the smaller families or whatever, they just, I don't know, I felt like they were just having fun and they were enjoying being single. And I was like, y'all, I got five kids. <laughs> I don't got to do this. You know, I need someone who's got like priorities straight. And so anyway, I just was, I loved the fact that he had 10 kids. I thought that was just like the biggest blessing ever. (laughs) Wow. That's awesome. So my follow-up question is, did your extended families have any concerns? Did you have, you know, sisters or uh, moms or brothers that, that said, Hey, are you sure this is a great idea? (laughs) You know, um, Colby's parents, I don't think they had any worries. They actually had five, uh, 15 kids and had a very similar story as ours. So they were really sort of, yeah, his parents, his so his dad was married to Ursula and they had five kids and then she passed away from cancer and he married Lonnie and they had 10 more. So they were totally supportive. Um, my dad was a little bit, the only thing that ever happened was um, I was in the middle of school to become a midwife and they had moved from California to Utah to help me um, as I was going through this divorce and trying to go to school to support my family. And so he was a little bit like, why are you dating? You need to finish your schooling, you know? But um, by the time we got married, he was right on board and just said, you, you knew what you were, what the right path was and where you were supposed to be. So. Oh, that's wonderful. Hey, I want to back up real quick and ask you how many of your 20 kids are at home currently living at home? So our oldest is married and um, they don't live at home with us. Our uh, second oldest is back from a mission and going to college, so he is living with us, but our third is on a mission. So that so 18 are still at home, but Colin gets home from his mission in a month, so then we'll have 19. Wow. I thought you had a lot more out of the house. That's impressive. <laughs> so what's one thing you wish that everybody knew about large families? I wish that more people knew how much fun it is. I wish more, I, I feel like there are a lot of people who miss out because they don't know how awesome. I mean, 
I am so happy. <laughs> and I think, you know, I think there's a lot of uh, depression and anxiety and, and things going on in the world. And, and my husband and I have talked about it and we're like, oh, we ain't got time for that. <laughs> Our lives are so full and it's so fun. I, I just, I, I can't even express the joy that, and I think that that message doesn't get said enough. Yes, that's a beautiful response. That's the exact way that we feel about our large family. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, I agree. You know, I, I read an article on Facebook somewhere or somewhere that said what uh, moms of large families won't tell you. And so I read it and it was basically saying, we won't complain about how hard it is because we don't want people to think it's all drudgery because it's not, because it's so fun and it's such it's always exciting and there's always chaos, but there's always parties. And, and so I've really felt, I've really felt that way as well. Like, I don't want to tell people the bad things that go on because it it's the same bad things that everybody has just more of the same, you know, it's dirty laundry, just more mm-hmm. of it. It's peed beds, just more of it. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, Absolutely. but I try not to complain because then people will say, well, that's what you get for having that many kids. And I'm like, no, I'm not, I'm just complaining because I'm a mom and all moms like to complain sometimes. What I want to <laughs> tell you is the stuff you don't see that we just, you know, dinner time is this hilarious thing all the time. And you have to have a good sense of humor because something funny is always going on, you know? So Mm -hmm. I love that answer. That was a great answer. Okay. Now we want to dive into logistics a little bit. Can you tell us about uh, just the logistics of having that many kids? What does your vehicle look like or vehicles, I'm assuming, um, your house, how many bedrooms, bathrooms, et cetera? (laughs) Oh, so we're actually really blessed because my husband owns a metal scrapyard. And so Vehicles are not a problem for us. In fact, when we were dating, I said, you know, if we get married, we're going to have to have a bus. And he's like, well, it's a good thing I own a scrapyard. <laughs> and that's <laughs> right now we have a bus and it seats 24. It, I think it originally only seated 21, but he put an extra bench in there and he put a passenger seat in for me. So I didn't have to feel like he was taxiing us around. <laughs> and um, so that's our, that's the vehicle we take when we're taking everyone. But we also have like, I think three suburbans and yeah we have three suburbans and just various vehicles for the teenage and stuff which teenage drivers are expensive I'm learning <laughs> oh my goodness I agree <laughs> um yeah and I you know I had this dream of having like my own new like GMC Acadia until like the fourth teenage driver wrecked my vehicle <laughs> like forget it <laughs> just it's all good. Um, wait till they're all gone then we can have our luxury suvs and uh they can drive the junky cars with their teenagers yeah uh, so and then our house has nine bedrooms wow how, but, how big is it you mind me asking what's your square footage it's 6400 square feet it, it's oh okay it's so good it's it's not <laughs> it's like it fills up really fast with with uh 20 people living here. <laughs> yeah. So I just was going to say in some of the bedrooms, we still have, you know, like three, four, even five, just logistics of who is with who anyway, mm-hmm. we'll have mm-hmm. a lot of shared <laughs> rooms. Yeah. I tell people that we don't live in one of those tiny houses, but when you factor in the person per square footage, we live in a tiny house. <laughs> right. Yes. <laughs> exactly. That's, you know, I, I went on a girl's trip with some college girlfriends a while ago, and we were all doing that for, for some reason. Like, well, let's – so we all had different houses size. Let's figure out how much square footage for house. And so they were all telling me they all had about 500 square feet per, per person, and I think I ended up with like 200 maybe. <laughs> <laughs> so 
in our old house. And I was like, okay, maybe it's time to move. <laughs> but I think it's great. I think I think close quarters is so fun. I love it. I keep thinking, oh, it'd be so nice for each of my kids to have their own room. But then, you know, I've tried doing that for some of the kids that were a little bit older. And they still come to me at night. I don't want to sleep by myself. <laughs> I get it. Yep. Yep. You can't win. Okay. So my follow-up to the logistical question is what is the most difficult logistical aspect of having such a large family? Is it going places? Is it sleep arrangements? What do you think? Feeding time. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's the kitchen. I hate that all these modern houses have open kitchens. I want an enclosed kitchen so bad. (laughs) If I could just clean the kitchen and lock the door. It would be so oh. because it's open. The kids are constantly in and out of there. So they're they're always snacking, which is a problem with teeth. Right. And and then they don't want to eat dinner. And anyway, and then my and when they put I don't know when you're trying to train children, I don't want to keep them out of the kitchen completely because I want them to learn to cook and I want them to learn, you know, the skill of hard work. And so if they're in there working and cooking, then inevitably nobody puts anything away where it's supposed to be. If they're cooking, they don't put the lids on things. And so it's just this constant like, oh, they left the milk lid off again. (laughs) (laughs) So it sounds like just about what everybody else goes through just times four, the the average family. (laughs) So do you and Colby get time for dates? Yeah, it's it's been harder this month. It, it seems like in the winter when everybody's sick that it happens less often. But and with our, baby and with newborn twins, yeah. Right. But I mean, obviously we do. We have twenty kids. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but no, my favorite thing is to just go for a drive with my husband because. We're not distracted on our phones. It's not noisy at the restaurant. Nobody, you know, it's just time to just talk and really connect. And so that's our favorite thing to do. That's, that's pretty cool. How about alone time with your kids? Like, do you prioritize that or how do you deal with um, alone time or one-on-one time with your kids? (laughs) Um, You know, that's, that's what I feel like the beauty, the beauty of homeschooling is, is that I'm home all the time with my kids. And I've, I've tried different things at various times where I'd say, okay, we're going to schedule in one-on-one time, just like 10 minutes in the bedroom or, you know, or some room where we just sit and talk or play a game or whatever. It, the hard part of that is if it's not everybody, whoever's turn, it's not, they're sitting there going, <laughs> We want our turn now, you know. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. The door. Is it my turn yet? Is it my turn yet? Um. But so we try to just whatever we're running errands. I'll I'll steal a kid. Oh, I'm going to Walmart. Okay, it's Haley's turn. Oh, you know we're we've got to run to the doctor. <laughs> you know, even if it's the dentist or whatever, the kids just love to be with mom and dad. And so we just take two or three at a time, or or one at a time on on drives, and it works. <laughs> Yeah, that's exactly what we, um, Bonnie and I, concluded in our episode on one-on-one time with kids. It's more important to have quality time with kids when they need it than the quantity of, you know, 10 minutes with each kid each day. That's that's totally what we found works for us, too. Right, right. Yeah, and that you have to be creative. Like you say, um, you know, would my kids prefer to go to the movies and out to dinner for their date? Sure, but guess what? We don't have that kind of time. So instead, <laughs> you're going to go to Costco with me, and I'll let you pick out one 
bag of cookies. How about that? Exactly. Date done. And also groceries done. So very, very smart. <laughs> and they love it. Yeah. Yeah. So my next question, I'm going to go back to us talking about how much fun big families are. And we want to ask you, what is the best or the most fun thing about having such a large family? Uh, you know, I actually had a friend that asked me a long time ago when I only had like two kids. <laughs> um, She asked me, why do you want a large family? And I think the answer is the same. It's I love seeing kids in every phase of life. And that's what I said. I said, I want a kid in every phase of life. You know, I don't have, I don't sit there and go, oh no, so-and-so starting to crawl. Don't do that. I want you to stay a baby because I'm like, I'm, I'll probably have a baby next year, <laughs> you know? And I just like to see them learning to read or, you know, going on their first date or, you know, just all the, those first things. I have a child in every phase. I mean, it's, it's so fun to see our oldest and watch them have joy in being parents. It's fun to, to see, to send a son off on a mission and to welcome them home again. It's fun to watch my college daughter, um, making decisions about what she wants to do in life and, and figuring out what is the most important to her. You know, I just, that is so fun to me. There's, there's never a dull moment. Wow, that's beautiful. I love that. And I've I've kind of learned the same thing over the years that it's very tempting to go, oh no, you're in this next phase, slow down. But really, no amount of telling them to slow down is going to make them slow down. <laughs> so we might as well just embrace every phase. And, and what a blessing that is, especially when you have big ones and little ones to say, oh my gosh, I just love you at 14. And oh my gosh, I just love you at two. And, and to just kind of relish, relish where everyone is at that moment. <laughs> So Autumn, tell us, what do you struggle with personally um, on, a, on a daily basis, like mentally and emotionally, and, and what do you do to overcome it? You know, I, I'm actually in such a good place in my life right now, but I wasn't always. Um, with, my first, with my first five kids, I'd never experienced postpartum depression, but with the first three that Colby and I had together, it, <laughs> I had postpartum depression and it was like, I don't know. It was just this constant struggle. We had a lot of stuff going on. Um, you know, my, my in-laws were actually living with us and there was a, a struggle with that because she had been mom and now we have like a great relationship. But at the time that was a struggle. Finances were a struggle. Sure. Um, we were, <laughs> and at one point we were living in, we moved down to the basement because we were trying to remodel the upstairs and we thought we were going to sell our house and that that was going to solve our finances. <laughs> and that didn't end up happening. But anyway, for, so for a while there, we had all of us living in the basement, two bedrooms, one bath. And mentally I was just like, Oh my goodness, what have I done? You know, it was like, I thought that this was where I was supposed to be. And, you know, it, blending a family is hard, you know, that you've got just a lot of emotional issues with the kids. And so that was just a hard time in my life. But the things that I did to overcome it were, I, I, I told myself, you know what? Oh, the other thing that happened, sorry, was I was also sick. <laughs> so hmm. I was pregnant, but I also, this was mostly when I was pregnant with Evelyn. I was anemic. I had oh. low thyroid. I got bronchitis. I got a sinus infection. I got mm. the fevers for eight days. I mean, all these things were happening over the same summer. And it was like, I don't know. I felt like I just had my head dunked underwater and nobody was letting me up, you know? And I thought, I can't just sit here and be like this. I, I've got to find something. And so 
I really worked on my nutrition and I, I took a lot of supplements and I, and then I did a lot of things mentally. Um, I started exercising. I, um, I tried to do some service every day, even if it was just like saying a prayer and saying, okay, Heavenly Father, I, you know, what can I do for somebody? And maybe it'd be like, send a $5 gift from Amazon to somebody. Like I never left my house. I don't know if the person really cared or not, you know, but it was just these little, maybe it was just a phone call to a friend. Um, just these simple acts of service that I tried to do. And um, it, it, it really did work over the years because I just had twins. So you would think, and, and it was babies number nine and 10. So you would think that that would be nutritionally, I'd be the most depleted and be the most, you know, struggling with the postpartum depression. But I had a midwife who helped me and I worked on my nutrition like crazy. I, I've never eaten so healthy in my life. And so <laughs> I didn't have any of that this time. And I'm just happy. I'm so happy. And so I feel like, feel like that, that those things really helped a lot. Yes. Thank you so much for sharing that. Bonnie and I talk all the time. We try to encourage our, our listeners, our audiences to, as moms, prioritize yourself because your kids depend on you. And if you don't, they're going to be such a mess too. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. Yeah. And I love that, that you said that regardless of what you're, you know, like where you are right now, you should be, you know, from a third person perspective, the most stressed out and the most uh, emotionally the most whack job type of mom there is, but you're not, you're centered, you're grounded because you're taking care of yourself. And I'm so glad that, that, uh, you came around full circle to that because, um, you're just showing us that the impossible is possible if you make, make yourself a priority. So I love that. Thank you. We couldn't have scripted that better. (laughs) I did want to have one more logistical question for you. Um, and that is homeschooling. So you're a homeschooling mom like we are, and I'm sure most of our listeners cannot even imagine how that works for you. So we'd love to know a little bit about how your homeschooling day looks. I love homeschooling. Um, so we, right now, I mean, I've had a lot of different systems and we've tried a lot of different things. And when I had the twins, so before the twins, my entire basement was really dedicated to homeschooling. But after I had the twins, I was like, oh, I cannot carry all this baby equipment downstairs every day. <laughs> so we moved upstairs. So right now we're homeschooling at the kitchen table. And we start out with a prayer and a song. Um, I read them some poems. We've been reading, oh, what's his name? Dennis Lee, I think. Alligator pie, <laughs> just silly poems. Um, although my favorite poet is Edgar Guest. Um, and then we, I have, I have some history books that are read alouds that I love and, and science that's um, a read aloud. And then we do some hands-on stuff afterwards. So, so I'll do a group thing with history and with science. And then for I've got, I love workbooks. I know some people don't, but with as many littles as I have, it just, and and just my personality, I like to be able to see what we've accomplished, check it off the list, say we did that thing. And so we use cumin math books. And um, although some, I've used a lot of, a lot of different math curriculum. Um, And then for writing, we do Oh, I can't remember what it's called now, but I have some where they just do individual on their own and then some where we do a read aloud together and then we do a language arts based on the um, like fables or whatever we're reading. Um, and we all just kind of hang out all day. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, that's so beautiful. I love hearing um, people who do just some, you know, just like a very well-rounded approach to homeschooling. And that doesn't necessarily look like public school because I think that's a big mistake that so many of us make. It's like, well, we're homeschooling, so get out the desks and get out your pencil and I'm going to dictate now, you know, (laughs) but to come together and read together. I just love that. So my question is when you are doing read-alouds or, um, you know, helping kids with workbooks or whatever, are your older kids helping out? Are they doing their own thing? Oh, yeah. (laughs) So my... My 16-year-old, he goes to a private school. He's got a job and he pays for it and goes himself because he wanted that. But my junior high kids on down are home. And we, yeah, I guess if I could paint the picture for you, it'll be like me sitting up at the table. And sometimes I've got both of the twins and the carrier. Or if I decide to put them down, then all of a sudden my my two-year-old, my three-year-old, they, oh, mom's lap's free. I want to sit on mom's lap. So I'm, you know, I'm always holding a baby as I'm reading aloud or helping somebody with a problem. And, and the older kids take turns. One of them will maybe be holding a baby while they're doing homework. Or um, maybe one of them's making sandwiches for lunch. And we all just kind of take turns doing homework, helping with the babies, you know, there's a, a popular article that goes around online and it's, um, I don't remember the author, but I remember the title and it was The Baby Is the Lesson. And I love that so much. I feel like that is so true. Um, we really have to make allowances for, oh, so-and-so needs their diaper changed or so-and-so needs a bottle. I got to stop and nurse the baby. Maybe, you know, maybe you could read the lesson out loud to the kids or, you know, we all just help and and work together and it's great. Oh, to me, that's one of the beautiful parts of a large family is how much everyone helps everyone else. Absolutely. It's my favorite thing when I see, you know, (laughs) actually, you know, when we first got married, some of the older teenagers struggled when, when we told them that we were having more kids and, um, and yet those very teenagers were the ones who were wrapped around the baby's fingers once they got here. You know, I remember Colin, when Coulter was born, um, Colin was a teenager and he would just hold Colin and or hold Coulter and play with him and laugh with him. And he'd be like, oh, you're the best little baby. Oh, you can't do anything <laughs> wrong. <laughs> so cute to see them gushing over the babies. <laughs> Yes, definitely. That's probably one of my favorite things about having a big family is the big kids with the little kids. It's the cutest thing I've ever seen. (laughs) Thanks for sharing your homeschool, your homeschool day with us. I'm sure that every time um, we interview somebody who homeschools or we talk about the way we homeschool or anybody who homeschools hears about the way that anyone else homeschools, I think they should feel better because there's no way that's the same as any other way. Every way is good. It works for that family. And that's, and that's where the magic in it is. Right. Well, and I think also even within a family, the homeschool, at least for us, has has tended to change with the needs of, of the family at the time, you know, it might look different when mom is, you know, nine months pregnant with twins. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So we are a hundred percent convinced that you are a super mom now. (laughs) So tell us if you could have one magical power, Autumn, the super mom, what would it be? <laughs> I would be Mary Poppins, be able to snap my fingers and clean things like that. <laughs> mm. <laughs> mm. Always the cleaning, yes. Yeah, that or snap my fingers and have dinner made and cleaned up. Mm, one of those two. <laughs> Is that everybody's answer? Isn't it? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> Just about. 
Okay. Well, we are wrapping things up, Autumn, but we want to thank you so much for being here. I have learned so much. And every time I talk to you, I just feel so inspired that if you can do what you're doing, we can do what we're doing. And we're all just... uh, we're all just getting by every day with and hoping to enjoy our kids the best we know how. So thank you so much for sharing. Well, thanks for having me on here. Okay, so we're going to link to a lot of the stuff that Autumn talked about in the show notes, um, things that we can find like those Kumon math books and, and the article on the baby is the lesson. So you can be sure to check out the show notes. And Autumn, it's been such a pleasure to get to know you today. Thank you. Thank you. It was good to get to know you too. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you've enjoyed this episode, we'd be so grateful if you'd leave us a written review on iTunes. If you have any questions or ideas for future episodes, you can reach us at outnumberthepodcast at gmail.com and find us on Instagram at outnumberthepodcast. See you next week.